0: Now on to our show with your host, Peter Mingles. Hello, everyone. Peter
1: Mingles here. You're listening to me on Building Fortunes Radio. That's www.buildingfortunesradio.com for all those people that might be unfamiliar with my voice. My name is Peter Mingles. I own this radio station. www.buildingfortunesradio.com is where you would go to hear some of the best people on the planet talking about some of the stuff that's happening in the home-based business, entrepreneurial world, and all that other sort of stuff. I usually don't do my own radio show solo, but a couple of things have happened just recently, and I figured, you know what, let me have a little bit of fun with my own show. So for those people, I want to date this, and we're going to have a little bit of fun, mix in some education with this as well. Um, So for those people that want to date this uh, and kind of get the accuracy here, my last name is spelled Mingles. M-I-N-G-I-L-S, how else would you spell it? Some Lithuanian people have told me, because my background is Lithuania and Italian, but some Lithuanian people have told me that there is like a king or royalty that was uh, a derivation of my last name. So, but I don't know, but that's what two people have told me. So it means it's got to be true. So. Uh, Anyway, so for those people that want to take some notes, there you go. Here's another thing. We're going to – did I say we're going to have some fun and a little bit of education in here? I also wanted to date this uh, radio show for those people that want to keep notes, you know, for all those guys. You know, when you do those – hey, when he was running for president, when of these days uh, he said this, or when, uh, you know – the Mueller investigation goes after us uh, for whatever reason. Uh, they'll say, oh, well, on such and such a day, he was caught, if you will, saying this. So I want to give you a specific day. Today, and it's true, this is true, today was the first day of the year where we had the red breasted robins from New York fly into my backyard in Florida. So for those people that need a specific date, there you go. It's the first day of the year that the red-breasted robins (laughs) from New York uh, were spotted flying in my backyard in Florida. Now, by the way, I do live in Florida. And today, just for those people that want to know, we'll play around with my uh, ridiculously stupid dating statement in a second, but it is true that the red-breasted robins, now, in true MLM form, I have never studied birds on a really scientific basis. I know they're robins. But red-breasted, boy, doesn't that sound much better? Like, doesn't that sound much better? So that's typical MLM. Yeah, you, know, you got to overhype it a little bit. Use some words you might not even know about. So the red-breasted robins from New York. Now, how do I know they're from New York? It was real simple. I grew up in New York, and there was robins in New York, and it was friggin' cold in New York as it is probably right now. And I'm in Florida now, so when I see the robins in my backyard, they're the robins from New York that flew down here, of course. What else would they be? And then I do live in Florida, so but today, for real dates, is january twenty eighth of two thousand and nineteen, so we'll have a little bit more fun with this one. We're going to talk today about pyramid schemes and ponzies. Now, I have been involved in this stuff for a real long time, like this industry for a real long time. Since 1984, I think it was, when I first graduated from college, started with a direct sales company. I didn't know what a pyramid scheme or a Ponzi scheme was. Um, But as a result of being associated with this industry, I heard that lots of times. So 1984, 2019, that's a lot of years. So we can grab a pen or a calculator and figure out that I'm old. So I do also remember that was when I was just like a distributor, or even sometimes when I was considered a little bit more than a distributor in this industry, I still sometimes use those words interchangeably a little bit because I never really studied what a pyramid was or a Ponzi. Now, I'm a good guy, right, so I'd never get involved in one. So I really never really knew the difference. But I've listened to a lot of, like, you guys. If you're a guru, if you're brand new, I haven't listened to you, but if you're a guru, I've listened to all you guys and – people with um, seemingly some level of smarts talking about red-breasted robins when the only thing you know is about a robin or a bird um, overly sound smart when they talk about pyramid schemes and Ponzi schemes, and I'm more confused than anybody relative to their definition. So one day, I just said, you know what, I'm going to figure out a layman's meaning like a regular day person's definition of a Ponzi scheme and a pyramid scheme that most of us could remember. Now, maybe not necessarily if you're going to be doing a speech at Harvard or a speech in front of all of your peers, but just as a lazy conversation amongst us, where we talk about a non-technical, certainly imperfect explanation, but good enough for working definition of a Ponzi scheme or a pyramid scheme. Here we go. Now, I was a biology major and a chemistry major in college, so I had to study a lot. So I had the habit of starting to write down a word and then look at the word and say, you know, I'm going to see that word on a test. I have to use some kind of memory tricks to kind of figure out what that is. So I embedded the answer or the definition in the form of the word. So I wrote down both words on a piece of paper, pyramid, P-Y-R-A-M-I-D, Ponzi, P-O-N-Z-I, and then I started to look some definitions up. So as I was doing my little research gathering, um, I started to work on Ponzi schemes and pyramid schemes, and uh, Ponzi came first. And the reason why Ponzi definition came first is if you look at the letters, so you've got to write this down. So if you're visual like me, now you may not be visual like me. You may be different, which would be to your benefit probably. Um, but if you're visual like me, and you go look at the word Ponzi, <clears throat> P-O-N-Z-I. First of all, it came from Charles Ponzi, some Italian dude. So he did. It came from like Logo or Logo, Lagos, or whatever, Italy. So Charles Ponzi was the guy they named after. But if you go look at it, P-O-N-Z-I, Pays out more than it gets in. So pays out more than it gets in. So if you kind of look at my definition, you can kind of see it in the word. Pays out is the easy one. P-O. Pays out more than it gets in. So a little play on the N-Z-I. So flip it around a little bit. Zin. So that was the way that I learned from Harry Lorraine, the memory trainer, who used to talk about like make things big and absurd and outlandish and all that sort of stuff in reference to your ways of being able to tell stories about how you remember these things. you got to listen to Harry Lorraine to really understand and appreciate my memory techniques and how I was not trained officially, but kind of grasped some of the things that he was learning or teaching. <clears throat> so Ponzi pays out more than it gets in. That's a Ponzi scheme. So, of course, we all know Bernie Madoff, but I'm going to use... An example, because everybody's heard of Bernie Madoff and this Charles Ponzi guy, but I'm going to use an example, and I'm going to use you in the example. So you can see what I mean, that a Ponzi scheme is one where it pays out more than it gets in. Basically what happens is you need new money coming in to pay off the promises of the original investors that you made. So I'm going to ask you to kind of – you don't have to close your eyes. You don't have to close your eyes. You can close your eyes if you want to, but you might fall asleep. So if you think about this, I want you to think about you and I in a hotel room, not that kind, like a regular hotel room, like a meeting room, like we're sitting there in a the hotel room, and you – are not me – you're going to be guilty. I'm, I'm not going to jail for you. So you're, you're going to be guilty because you have to internalize – the challenges that you would have running a Ponzi scheme and uh, the math I use or the examples of the math I use are never the same. So it doesn't really matter because the math is always kind of fuzzy in a Ponzi scheme, but here we go. So maybe you and I are sitting there in this hotel business room and you decide that you're going to come up with some wild idea. You say, Peter, I need a hundred bucks. Say, okay. Uh, And I'll give you back 120 in two weeks. So I'm saying to myself, okay, so that's an easy 20 bucks that I'd make, right? I'd give you my 100, and in two weeks, you're going to give me 120? And you'd say, yeah, 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 yeah. And you come up with whatever scheme, or whatever story, whatever that might be. And then, now think about you. So you're like, now you start to say to yourself, how am I going to do that? Well, you walk into the hotel business room across the way. And you say to some guy that you know, "Hey, listen, I'm doing this something, and uh, I'm going to give you. Uh, if you give me 100 bucks, say the same thing that he said to me. If you give me 100 bucks, I'll give you 120 in two weeks." And the guy says, "Deal." But why don't I do this? Let me give you 500, and you'll give me 600. Same ratios, just that you do more. Now you're saying to yourself, "Whew, that's sweet." He gives me five hundred. I can run back into the other hotel room where Peter is at. Remember you're the one who's going to jail, not me. So this guy's giving me five hundred. I got to give him six hundred in two weeks. but I owe Peter 120. This is great because I got six, I got five hundred bucks in my hand. So you run back into the room with me, maybe even early, and you say, "Hey, here's your 120 while I'm in or while you're in the room with me. Maybe I had three of my friends over, four of my friends, five of my friends. So they kind of witnessed this because I told them, hey, you got to check it out. This person, you, I'm using your name. Like you, this guy, you, or this gal, you, asked me to borrow 100 bucks for some business venture and uh, gave me back 120 and he told me two weeks. He came back two days early, and he gave me back the 120 uh, You guys want in? Can we do this again? Now, what would you be doing? you'd be, first of all, you'd probably be sitting there saying to yourself, well, it depends on how sick you are mentally. You might be saying to yourself, money, 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 money. Oh, yeah, let's do it. And the other part of you might be freaking out a little bit because who do you owe $600 to? Oh, the guy in the other room. That's right, remember? Oh, shoot, that's right. All right, so then I better take the extra $100 from Peter's three or four or five guys. So say, for instance, there's... Six guys, and they give you six hundred bucks. So all, you're supposed to come back in two weeks and give them all back one twenty a piece. But now you got the six hundred bucks. So what do you do? You can almost see it. You run back into the other room, and you say to that guy that you borrowed the five hundred bucks for, "Hey, I got you six hundred early." And what does he do? He's like, "Really? Look at this. I got five or six friends, and uh, they're all sitting in my room too. And can we do the same thing?" or maybe more. And now you can see where part of the challenge would be. You have to constantly be using new investor money to be able to pay back your old promises to the original investors. Do you think you can ever keep that up? And the answer is it's really hard to do when it's real money. what did Bernie Madoff do? Bernie Madoff did it because he didn't do it with real money. He just did it with paper statements. So you'd say, aha, I guess you can carry that on for a while. But just remember the words. You're the one going to jail, not me. That's why I use your name. You're the one who's borrowing all this money, making all these promises. But the way a Ponzi scheme works is if you are using new investor money to pay back original investors, that's called a Ponzi. And a Ponzi scheme will never last, by definition. And my tremendously flawed, somewhat hysterically ridiculous, fuzzy math example that they gave you a little bit earlier, now you'll know why, because you can never keep that up. Now let's talk serious, for just one second. Social security. Is that maybe fitting the definition of a Ponzi scheme? How does so? Social Security didn't start off as a Ponzi scheme. It was designed for helping people who, you know, they lost a spouse. It was the depression. A lot of people needed money. Uh, Sitting citizens were broke. People died earlier. Right? They died earlier. They weren't living this long. So it was real simple for someone to say, well, all the new people coming in will keep all their money and we'll pay it to the older people, and hopefully they die fast. Sorry. Hello. Trust me. There's some guy sitting there with a calculator. One of these people expected to die. We can do this. We can do this. We can do this. They weren't expecting for people to live longer, and they weren't expecting the little uh, – contributions to shrivel up because lots of years ago there were way more people contributing but now all you old farts all you senior citizens ten thousand of you if you're a you are retiring every day they're running out of new people so you young kids you better start, like, really having massive babies, like, real quick, because you got to catch up. And uh, maybe the vaccine people kill some of the old people, like, as fast as we can. Maybe that's the only way to even it out. But some people might say, not me, that Social Security might be a little bit like a Ponzi scheme. So Ponzi, P-O-N-Z-I, pays out more than it brings in. So that's a pretty good working definition for those people that want to learn. That's a Ponzi scheme. Now, is your network marketing company a Ponzi scheme? We're going to get to that in a second. Or is it whatever you're looking at a Ponzi scheme? We're going to get to that in a second. Let's go back to my second definition, <clears throat> pyramid. So remember, what do we do? I wrote it down. I looked at the word. And then I use Winnie the Pooh. think, 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 think. Think, think, think for all those people that have kids or grandkids, right? Winnie Pooh. Think, think, think. So I was looking at it, and I was like, what can I do? What can I do? Look at the word think. Now, for those people that want to know about pyramid schemes, it has everything to do with intent. Why are you buying the product? Why are you buying the product? Are you buying the product because you really love it, you can't be without it? Or are you buying the product because of the compensation plan? So that's called intent. Now, some people will say, well, we can't read your mind politically correct, please. Hello. Do you know why you joined? Did you join it because you wanted wonderful product by itself and you would be buying it anyway regardless of the compensation plan? Then it's probably not a pyramid scheme in your little microcosm. But the reality is is intent, the reasons why, the reasons why, the reasons why, I say that many times. Now go look at the word pyramid. It's going to be easy to remember. What is the weirdest letter in the word pyramid? The Y. See, tricky, isn't it? Like, huh, Ponzi. It's got the words right in it. pays out more than it brings in. And then the next one was pyramid. The word Y, pyramid, will always trigger what a pyramid is, why are they buying? So the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, is usually the one that goes after like, you know, deceptive claims and bad business practices and stuff like that. So they would say the FTC, they would say, "Well, why are these people buying this product? Are they buying this CBD oil because they're buying CBD oil and they just decided that they were going to buy it from themselves and become CBD oil salespeople because they just saw whatever God they pray to, and that's what they're going to sell. They, like, found whatever, and now they're going to sell this product. Well, maybe. Sometimes that happens. Hey, I run across some products I just love, and even though I don't get paid for them, I tell a lot of people about them. Um, So that happens sometimes. So I would be a great candidate for somebody who was, like, somebody who – sold people that weren't part of the deal. So are you buying the product because of the compensation plan? If you're buying the product just because of the compensation plan, which usually is done through distributors buying on an auto shipment basis, that's probably a product-based pyramid. So I'll use as an example,
0: uh,
1: I used to be – a distributor for a company called Envirotech. They're not around anymore. Now, when I was a distributor for Envirotech, I bought the product because my mentor in the direct sales business was fired.
0: His name was Ronnie.
1: And when Ronnie was fired, he called me up and he says, well, you know about network marketing? And I said, I don't know anything really about network marketing, Ronnie. He says, listen, if I knew about network marketing, I knew a little bit because we did have a network marketing compensation plan when I was with Electrolux. So I really don't know a lot about it, Ronnie. Um, but they fired you, so, you know, what is it? And by the way, I was a Ronnie Groupie. Ronnie Groupie meaning it was like I'll do anything you want me to. It doesn't really matter because it's you. So Ronnie made a very big difference in my life. He was one of the reasons why I got promoted. He never did anything to hurt me. I was a Ronnie Groupie. So the answer was, sure, let's go, and then how much do I have to write the check for? So it was a car polish. Wax on, wax off, Karate Kid. Wax over the dirt with one side of the cloth or use another cloth and wipe over it, and holy cow, it was, a, it was an experience like, wow, this stuff is great. It worked really well, and you'd be able to buy the bottles for $8. bucks. i am short-cutting the math. Buy the bottles for 8 sell them for 20 that was a direct sales slash network marketing legitimate, at least in my world, business, because most of the people I sold the car polish to didn't sign up as distributors. They they bought the car polish one time, or sometimes they call me back and they reorder. Or if I put them on a standing order, not that I ever did that because that was unapplicable at that time. But if I would have done that, they would have bought it and they would have been fine. They would probably get a discount on the product. And that would mean that we had more retail customers than we did distributors buying the product consuming it themselves now is self-consumption okay in the direct sales slash network marketing arena the answer is yes yep government gives you that one they say you know what personal consumption is okay we'll even let you pay commissions on personal consumption of your downline however come on, guys, this is the FTC saying it, come on, guys, there's got to be some retail customers. What percentage, the lawyers ask? Well, we'll take it on like a case-by-case basis. People like Herbalife, we're going to whack you big time, like $200 million fine. These are not exaggerations. FTC whacked them $200 million fines. Tell them that they can't pay out commissions unless they have something like 60-somewhat percent or more in actual retail customers. Like, not part of the gig, not part of the deal, not part of the compensation plan. Mm-hmm. Vima got whacked as well. I think it was like 50% for Vima. Sorry, BK. Uh, but Vima got whacked as well. Uh, they changed their name, doing all kinds of funky stuff, different conference call. But Burn Lounge got really whacked. Burn Lounge was like music, like Napster kind of thing, but paying for music. Nobody sold the product to outside people. It was all self-consumption. And when they looked at it and they said, ah, shoot, Burn Lounge shut down. So the government says, hey, listen, personal consumption is okay, but not when it's all personal consumption. You guys got to have some retail customers, like people that aren't part of the deal. Why are they buying the product? Are they buying it because of the compensation plan? Then it's a pyramid. So no retail customers, or not many retail customers, are not appropriate amount, and all the lawyers or people that talk like lawyers will say, well, the government really hasn't given us the line in the sand, and you should be saying, thank whoever's Lord you pray to. Thank God, if you pray to a God, it's like thank God they don't give us the line in the sand of what the number is. Because if they did... And they inspected what they if they inspected what they expected, how many network marketing companies would be forced out of business? The answer is I can't even say. So, network marketing is a direct sales derivative. It's not the same kind of direct sales as me. Knock, 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 knock on a door, sell a vacuum cleaner. You know, that was direct sales. I'm not gonna get into the ego stroke. That was real selling what you guys do in social networking, sharing, what the, f- share? Who the? That's another conference call. We'll do that some other time, okay? We, call it, we can call that product movement. You sharers, you still move product. That's okay. But somebody's got to sell something eventually to someone who's not part of the deal. Otherwise, you're going to be in a pyramid. So pyramid is why are you buying? And if it's just a buying club, it's just a buying club. You need retail customers. Ponzi is what happens if the recruiting stops or what happens if the new money stops. Now, can a company be both a pyramid or Ponzi or both? I'll let you decide that. And the answer would be, yeah, and sometimes and maybe not. So it could be all of those or it could be none of those or it could be a combination. It is quite possible for there to be a product product based ponzi scheme so remember the ponzi scheme we mentioned a little bit earlier which is the money moving around that was just the money moving around ponzi scheme in mlm there are product based ponzi schemes see some guys get real smart it's usually guys not too many gals usually it's a guy thing because they're smart you know crooked smart so what they're going to do is they're going to make a product and the product could be whatever it doesn't really matter put a label over a bottle call whatever you want and uh, there you go. Now, by the way, could it be a good product and a Ponzi scheme as well or a pyramid scheme? Yep. So product, good or bad, may not make a difference. Some people say, well, we have a return policy. Seriously. Seriously. I. I and that means something? That just means, like, good business practices, perhaps. Uh, some other people talk about the 70% rule. The buyback policy, all that sort of stuff. Well, all those things are just other things that kind of get the complications to the definition going. We could talk about that stuff forever. But the reality is is just because you have a product doesn't mean you're safe. Just because you have a good product doesn't mean you're safe. If you have a bad product, you can be totally legal. You have a crappy product. If you have a return policy, it doesn't really matter because usually there's some dings and definitions inside your return policy. Um, if you don't have customers, you're in trouble. And if the money stops when the recruiting stops, or when the money stops, if the new business stops, then you might be in a Ponzi scheme. Because remember, Ponzi it's going to pay out more than it brings in, and most of the times due to cash flow and a whole bunch of other things, sometimes those are things related to Ponzi schemes. Oh, by the way, during this whole entire little rant, this stream of consciousness, as people would say, um, I never mentioned pyramid. Having a shape Anybody Who uses The shape Of a pyramid When they're trying to do some kind of A definition of a pyramid Does not know What a pyramid is Well you might know what a pyramid is Like in Egypt But you know nothing about what a pyramid is To the FTC And when you're in front of a judge uh, It's The judge's decision of what a pyramid is, that really matters. Uh, Sometimes, by the way, you might hear people throw out the word how we test, H-O-W-E-Y. I'm not going to get you complicated here, I promise. But sometimes the thing that gets you shut down or the allegations of being shut down are from the SEC, Securities and Exchange Commission. SEC? What the hell are you talking about, Peter? They deal with stocks. Stocks. I'm in a network marketing company. Network marketing is not a stock. It's not a stock. What's wrong with you? What the hell would the SEC have to do with the uh, business arena? We're talking pyramids or Ponzi schemes. We're not talking about stocks. Well, there's this little thing called the Howey test. And there's four prongs they... In the Howey test, and if something fits the four prongs, they call it an unregistered security. Security is like a stock, and you have to be licensed to sell a stock. So, if you are selling an unregistered security or an investment contract, which is a little bit like a stock for this example, uh, the SEC goes after you. Because I was too the hell is the SEC doing going after illegal pyramids? Well, that's because they're selling these unregistered securities. So what's the Howey test? Four questions. And I'm giving you – and by the way, you can go to Wikipedia, look. You can look up anywhere else on the Internet, H-O-W-E-Y. So it usually goes like this. There's got to be an investment of money. So are you in an investment contract? You'd say, yeah, I invested some money. Oh, so far you're guilty Remember, it's got to be all four If it's If there's one of these that you're not doing Then you're okay Investment of money Ah. Common enterprise Meaning like other people are doing it Oh, shoot You're screwed Ha But then again, you'd say Well, well, what about McDonald's? There was investment of money Other people are doing it Okay Next one was going to be Expectation of profit Hmm course so three out of three you're going to jail the last one is it has to be something that where a third party isn't doing all the work for you to be able to get your return so you'd say third party not doing all the work for me to get the return i'm doing the work aha so you're okay so if you're doing the work then it's not an investment contract but if you're promised a return on investment passively without doing the work, then you're in, dot, da, dot, da, da, da based on the how we test an investment contract. It's like, oh, shoot. So you mean all those things that I see, return on investment, 7% back daily, 3% back every month, whatever the heck it would be, those are investment contracts. That's why the SEC goes after those people. yep, 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 yep. So there we go. So for all the lawyers that are here, I promise you I give you mostly technically incorrect information. So like legal definition stuff, this doesn't fit. Won't fly in court. I'm not an attorney. Don't take anything they say. Gotta throw in my little attorney advice. I'm not an attorney. Never wanted to be an attorney. Don't like most attorneys, don't take my advice as attorney. We have no relationship at all. Remember I threw you under the bus about ten times trying to get you locked up in my Ponzi scheme example. So in those regards, this is no attorney, privilege, client relationship, whatever else you want. It's just like a informal way of kind of explaining some confusing things better than most of the gurus that go out there, which, by the way, tell you stuff that's just flat-out wrong. They tell you things that are flat-out wrong, people that should know better. They tell you things that are flat-out wrong. So the idea that you have a return policy, that means nothing in this regard. It means something as far as good business sense, but it means nothing. It doesn't protect you from being one or the other. It's the idea of why are you buying? Do you have retail customers? And the last one... Is it a passive investment? And what's going to happen when the recruiting or the money dries up? Now, Some people might then say, as I extend this just a little bit, "Well, what about an auto ship? What about an auto ship where I'm kind of forced to buy to be able to qualify for payments? Hmm. Hmm. What do you think the government thinks about that? Probably not too likely. But everybody does it, Peter. You'll say, hmm, I know everybody does it. Almost everybody. Lots of people do it. But now, uh, what does this mean? What does this mean? It's a little bit like pot before it was all legal. You know, everybody talked about it. Lots of people were doing it. The government just said, you know what, we're not going to enforce it. We're going to selectively enforce it, but we're just not going to enforce it because there's too many pot-smoking guys out there talking about these things, but there's just not enough of us. And we're doing something else with our time and our resources. So we're just not going to go after everybody that ever smoked a joint or talked about smoking a joint or thought about smoking a joint or did something about smoking a joint. Besides that, probably some of our own people are smoking joints right now as we speak, not me. I'm not a pot smoker. Um, So just like that, just because everybody's doing it doesn't mean that it's okay or it's legal. Um, So government can't go after everybody. You get lucky sometimes. You know, the whole concept of is well, if you don't get caught, right? Right? Who's hurt? You don't get caught. Some of the ideas out there, which is wrong, by the way, because there's people that are going to hurt. So depending on the Ponzi scheme or the pyramid scheme or whatever they might be in, but there you go, a little working definition on some of the things related to some of the common terms, my little stream of consciousness, a little bit of a rant, some examples that you might be able to wrap your mind around. And if you want to, guess what? you'll be able to go listen to this all over again. Go to buildingfortunesradio.com, find the section on Building Fortunes. We'll put it under that one, and we'll put in the title, Pyramids and Ponzi's, and the title so you'll be able to find it. And you can always listen to us live on buildingfortunesradio.com, forward slash live, and you can always listen to us by calling in to 347-237-4097, so 347, 237, 4097, and then you can also use your devices, you know, your smart speakers. I've got to shut mine off. Hold on one second. So for all those people that have Amazon products like Alexa, I shut mine off. Alexa, if you said, Alexa, play Building Fortunes Radio, you'd be able to hear Alexa play Building Fortunes Radio. So if you have Alexa, you'll be able to do that. And I think we also have, well, I know we also have MLM Radio. So if you said, Alexa, play MLM radio, you'll be able to uh, hear us there as well. So if we sound like we're all over the place, we probably are. So with all the radio shows we do with all our cool special guests and the stuff that we do right now, that's what we're up to. So hopefully this helps clear up some of the confusion for some people on some of the simple definitions and some of the stupidity that's sometimes raised out in our industry so if you have any questions, just kind of join us on some of the shows. We'll catch you next time. And thanks very much for listening, and we'll see you next time when the birds from New York or wherever the red-breasted, red-breasted robins fly. It was really cool today. That's my, it's like one of my favorite days is when all of the birds somehow just kind of, like, come into my backyard or all over the place. It sounds like sounds great. Poop flying all over the place. And then they're gone, and then I'm sad. I don't know where they go. And I don't know where they came from, but it's kind of cool. We'll see you next time.
0: You've been listening to Building Fortunes Radio on buildingfortunesradio.com. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check us out every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time for the designated Building Fortunes Radio segment with Peter Mingle. Be sure to check out the buildingfortunesradio.com website for our featured segments.